beginning in verse 11 through 19. Today will be the final sermon on the series on finances. You could probably stand and give me a standing ovation. All right, hallelujah. But you really should give a, a standing stomping ovation because this is what we've been doing these next last four weeks now. We're stomping on the devil's back. Matter of fact, I have two more sermons left over, but I'm not going to preach them. I'll save them uh, on finances. And one of them is, is, is about the dollar that broke the devil's back. Because we already found out the devil's back got broken, right? And who broke it? Richard had, and he's a giver, huh? But sometimes it's just one extra, you know, that straw that broke the camel's back, just one little straw. Well, sometimes it's just a little dollar. You never know, boom, can break the enemy's back. But that's, I'll stash that for some other time. Hallelujah. Coming of the year. By the way, to, next Sunday we begin again. We go back to the series on First John. And then after that, on Father's Day, I'm going to begin the three series. My wife doesn't know, but she's going to preach one of the days. I'm going to be speaking on fathers. She'll be speaking on mothers. And I'm going to have even my son that, that evening will be speaking on, on, on children, on, on youth. So it's going to be a family series. And family series are always real, real powerful. There are always times when you really want to come and bring the family. And so starting on Father's Day, I'm going to speak a sermon that I spoke many, many years ago. Matter of fact, it's going to be the sermon that had the biggest altar call for men ever in, in our church. The following Sunday, I'm going to speak a sermon on motherhood, the biggest altar call we ever had for women. Uh, and God has led me to that. And then my wife will be speaking after that on, on parenting, and then my son will come and be a child. Hallelujah. Uh, praise the Lord. Okay. So Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 11. Do you have it? This has been quite a series. I know that we've learned quite a bit. We have. I have. This sermon here is going to be very educational as well. When it comes to finances, I have read this portion of scripture through so many times, but I never saw in this, these verses what I have seen studying for this sermon. Okay? It is, it is rather mind-boggling, mind-blowing, and I pray that it would be to you as well. Enlightening, eye-opening, illuminating financially for your life. Okay. Philippians 4, beginning in verse 11. Not that I speak in respect of want, or that I want stuff. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am in, therewith to be what? I know about how to be abased. And I know how to what? Abound. He's actually talking about finances too. He'd learn to be content if he had or if he didn't have. I knew how to be abased and I know how to abound. Every work and in all things I'm instructed both to be what? Full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. A base. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How many have ever read that? How many have ever said that? But did you know that it was given in reference to finances? I never knew that. Even Lenny goes, mmm, the rabbi. That's what it was given to. I can do all things. We, always, we use it for all kinds of stuff except for money. And Paul's talking about money. And when it comes to money, I can do all things. I can go hungry. I have not, and man, can I splurge. Uh, I can eat them up big. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Verse 14. Notwithstanding, we have well done that we did communicate with my affliction. Now, you Philippians also know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning what? Giving and receiving. Giving receiving, but only you. For even at Thessalonica you sent once and again unto my necessity. Not because I desire a gift, it's talking about finances, but I desire fruit 
that may what? Abound to your account. Account. That has to do with money. But I have, but I have all and abound. I am full. Having received Aphroditus, the things which were sent from you in an odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Father, I pray that you would supply all our needs according to your riches in glory through Christ Jesus who became poor that we would all become rich in faith and in all avenues of life, in all walks of life. Lord, I believe I've already said enough, Lord God. I believe we've already brought out some stuff here that could, people could grip into and bite into. Many of us, we didn't know that when we read Philippians 4, Paul was referring to money and finances and abounding and being abased. Teach us your word here today and let it fall on good soil, bringing forth good fruit, 30, 60, 100-fold, financially, spiritually, first and foremost. We ask it all in your name. Everybody together said? Greet one another one more time with the love of the Lord. Shake a few hands prior to your being seated. The title of my sermon here for today is Brown Bag to Silver Lining. When I was putting that title, and I don't know if my wife will remember this, but I talked to her when she's asleep. And last night I told her, I, and, and this is odd, I hardly ever do this. I, I told her, I don't have a title for tomorrow, which is a rarity, which is odd. But I always knew, I always knew God's going to come through one way or another. And when I was putting the title down here this morning, the very last thing I did was put the title. Stephanie was leading you in that song, More Precious Than... And I was writing the word silver down. And you know, some of you that have been with me a long time, I'm very, very precautious and very picky when it comes to, to making sure it's the right sermon. And when, when she said, more precious than silver, more costly than gold, I said, man, oh, I almost started to cry. But I have a mustache, you know. But I almost cried. I said, man, Lord, that's heavy. Uh, and really, already I've said quite a bit of stuff, if, if you've already been listening, regarding finances, regarding the things of God. So the title of my sermon is Brown Bag to Silver Lining. See, life tends to operate in, in cycles. Uh, take, for instance, water or rain. It, it starts off in the cloud. Uh, it comes and it accumulates. That's a financial term. It accumulates and then it drops itself to the ground. It rains. Then the earth soaks it in. That's a financial term too. Uh, taking it all in. Takes it in. But then it also accumulates. In a lake, in an, in an ocean, and what have you. And then it evaporates. And it goes back to a cloud. Then it comes back down again. It's a cycle. Life tends to run in cycles. Uh, nature's full of this. Women know what I'm talking about, but I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> but they understand cycles a little bit better than most men sometimes. All right? See, water gets purified during that cycle. And in the realm of finances, the very same principle applies. Your money's got to get cleansed. It's got to get purified. Uh, now, when it comes to finances, there also exists a cycle. And just like as with water and with other natural elements or areas in life, that financial cycle is there. And it's designed for our benefit. Rain is for our benefit. The purification of rain and water is for our benefit. 
finances, through the cycle that it goes through, is for our own good and for the benefit of others as well. See, it's important for us to financially to understand that cycles, how they operate, and financial cycles, how it operates. And today, we're going to try and learn how. Okay, we're going to learn how a financial cycle in our life, how it helps us. Okay, how it enhances our lives. Now, in the opening text that we read, the Apostle Paul explains that cycle, okay, with the words, and he uses the words abasing and abounding. That's a cycle. Abase, okay, when you don't have nothing. To abounding, when you seem to have everything. That's what he's talking about. Paul is saying that he knew how to live in both ends of the cycle. Listen to what I said. He knew how. He knew how to handle not having anything, and he knew how to handle when you have all kinds. Now, he's not talking, listen to me, he's not talking about he learned it through experience. It was a knowledge, it was a revelation knowledge that was given to him by God. Because sometimes the world, they don't know how to handle this, but when we are putting on our spiritual thinking caps, we can know how to budget. We can know how to handle our finances, what we have and what we don't have. So it was a revelation that was given to him. Okay, not just necessarily out of, out of experience. See, Paul was referring to the knowledge and the wisdom regarding the use and the budgeting of his money. I think 34 people took my wife's class on budgeting. Uh, that's how you can acquire knowledge. That's how Paul knew. Uh, he knew better than when to spend and he knew better how to spend. Now, abasing is the time and the period in every individual's life when the well just done run dry. That's what a basin is. The well is dry. It's zilch. Zero. Nada. Uh, when it's all over but the crying. All right, I'll wait for you on that one. You ain't got nothing. All that's left is the crying. That's <laughs> all you got left. Hey. And this is, this is a fact. This is all I have left to my name right now. I'm in that time right now. You, I mean, it's funny because I know I was putting something together and we went, I took my wife to go eat. And I wanted to leave a dollar in my pocket, at least a dollar. And then she put out some tips. She says, you know, this tip thing needs about another dollar. <laughs> and I said, I know, Lord. I know how, how to abase. All right. I let the waitress have it, you know. But we all go through cycles. Don't need to panic. We're going to deal with that here today. Uh, see, then Paul speaks about the abounding times. The abasing times, like right now. Nuna uh, tuna, don't have nothing. But then he talks about the times when we have everything. Where everything we touch is gold. See, the key is that Paul is saying that he knew how to handle both ends of the cycle. Uh, when he had a lot, he knew what to do. When he had very little, he knew what to do. That's how we have to learn to live. When you ain't got nothing, don't panic. When you got all kinds, hallelujah. You got to learn what to do when you have. Which all of this equates to the fact that we can learn some biblical concepts and precepts on how to handle this financial cycle as well. We can learn how to handle those things. Because life goes through financial cycles. See, times of abasing and abounding can be biblically compared to what the Bible calls, say with me here now, Seed time and harvest. And I've preached a sermon on that many years ago out of the book of Deuteronomy. Excuse me, I think it was Leviticus. Seed time and harvest time. Seed time is abasing. All you got left is 
just a few seeds. Uh, but what do, what do you got to do with these? You got to plant them. If you want more. If you hoard them, that's all you're going to get. It's three candies. Oh, my God, I'm really going to do this. One. this, is, this is, uh, I didn't practice this one either. Oh, you, you ain't got nothing now. Oh, God left me a dime. I missed. I probably on purpose. That was the Holy Ghost. Uh, <laughs> uh, by the way, that's used for the evangelism. Right, Keith? Okay, one, hand, one, one hand clapping over here. Because he's the leader of evangelism. That's how, we, that's how we deal with evangelism. Hallelujah. Sometimes it goes to Manila. Sometimes it stays over here. Okay? But it's seed time and harvest time. Abounding and abasing. Now, harvest time is a time of abounding. Okay, when you have an abundance of things, including and especially finances. Uh, I mean, there's been times when, when I got book of bread. I mean, like, you know, when I go travel and they pay, they do, now that I'm an elder, ooh, they, they kick me up a notch a little bit, you know. I've been preaching my heart out for years, but, you know. But, but, but now I'm an elder and I, I got an elder's wage now. You know. uh, I've even had people say, you know what, I don't know if I can book you because you're an elder now. I go, okay, I won't be an elder. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but you, you receive more financial blessings as well, okay, during those times. That's harvest time. Seed time is a time in the period of abasing. When you have very little left, there's no more fruit hardly at all. All you got is seeds. Now, Paul had that revelation knowledge, okay, on what to do when he had nothing. But he also knew what to do when he had a lot of finances. But the $64,000 question is, do you know how to handle a basin and abounding? That's the $64,000 question. And I would dare say most of you, the answer is, uh-uh. But today you're going to learn. Today you're going to learn. Uh, but some of us, we don't know how to, how to handle. Paul knew he had that revelation knowledge. He says, hey, uh, I'm content. If I have or if I have not, so am I. All I got is a dime. But I got you, babe. Hallelujah. Ah. Uh, God been very, very good to me. See, we best listen up here today so we can learn some stuff. Now, let's first look at how to biblically handle times and periods in our lives of abasement. Are you with me? Uh, and that's a very good and appropriate word, abasement. Because it seems like all your money's nothing but in the basement. Uh, There's lower times in your life. So first we're going to look at Abasement. Uh, these are times and moments in our lives where our money is, listen, if you're taking notes, write this word down, restricted. It's restricted. Uh, you can't do too much with it. You've got you to be careful with it. It's restricted. Okay? See, these times of restrictions are usually times of difficulties because that's when the enemy has like an all-out attack on you. It's the devil attacking you. A frontal attack by the enemy. John 10.10 10 says the enemy or the thief comes to, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. But the enemy, well, there's times when your enemy, he's attacking your pocketbook. He's attacking your life. That's what the thief's supposed to do. See, the enemy is a thief. And he'll try desperately hard to stifle and to cripple your finances. I was a side note here, and I've wrote this down here in my notes. Why do you think the enemy has been hitting this church with full guns? We've been doing pretty good, but hey, I can tell you something. Pastors know things. 
The enemy's been hitting a lot of you during this. I, I, I know. <laughs> because he doesn't like financial things like this. See, because he's trying to cripple and stifle our finances. Because he knows, that especially in a church like this, the more finances we got, the more we can do. We've proven that. We've got a proven track record. Some of you, he's told you to leave the church. Yeah. Pastors know things. A little birdie told me. Uh, he, he, he's told you, oh, man, don't even show up during these, this, this money series. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, he's going to speak on money again. Uh, and the enemy, he's, it's an all-out frontal attack on you. That's the way he does things uh, during these times of abasement. Now, another way or another method of becoming abased is during times of transition. Stay with me now, but write the word transition if you're taking notes. During times of transition in your life. These are times when God could be taking us from one stage or from one state in our lives, from one station to another. When you're going from one stage to another stage in your life, maybe in your vocation, in your job, or whatever. But when God does this, he sees and he's looking at the big picture. And when he does this, you can rest assured that God has a purpose, okay, in this period of abasement. And his purpose during this time of abasement, during this transition period, is to make you become abounding later on. He wants you to abound, but later on. So right now, you're going through a period of transition. See, in this initial and, and, and interim period of transition, we'll probably have to sacrifice and pay the price, okay, for a little while. Okay, we're going to have to, you know, use some of our money right now. Maybe, you know, it seems like a negative sense, but it's really in a positive sense. See, our finances will perhaps go down a little bit. But it's all part of the cycle. It's a transition. When my wife and I came up here to Hayward, really, we, I think, I used to make at one time $5 a week. She used to make $10 working in the office. For those who work in the office, anybody here? Uh, that, that's all we did. I've told you before, I used to have to borrow nickels and dimes to, to catch the, the RTD time to, to work. Uh, but then later on, they gave us $100. Uh, then after a while, things were getting even a little bit better. Uh, and they gave, gave us more of a raise. And then I went and got a job. Doo -doo -doo -doo. And now I got a good job. A good job. And a, a, a par, Parsons Company. They're in, in, and they're very, very, uh, 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 they're wealthy. Uh, they're all over the place. Saudi Arabia, they use a lot of innovation and stuff. Okay, can I work for them? And I was preaching at night. She was getting a good salary. I was getting a good salary at Parsons. Then I'd preach at night, getting some good money. No. Uh, so we had three sources of income. Then all of a sudden, go pioneer a church in Hayward. Ay, ay, ay. Some of you have heard the stories. Um, my wife crying, no, you ain't got no diapers. Uh, we ain't got no diapers. And I'll see our money was restricted. Uh, see, Josie and I and Esteban, when we came here to Pastor and Hayward, there was no hamburgers and no diapers. Josie had to, we had to make a, you know, put a wire across the backyard and put up, you know, no diapers. They had invented those things already, you know, those whatever they called, you know, absorbent, whatever they are. 
Pampers. Uh, but we had to sometimes, and I'm going to say this is a dignified pastor. Sometimes Stephen had to use T-shirts. And not for a T-shirt. Uh, I like that T-shirt. Sorry. Uh, he's wearing my t-shirt I can't even get a hamburger uh, uh, I remember the times when I finally got to pull over and get a hamburger Caesars or Cecil's uh, and all that time remember Dominic would always tell me he said oh La Imperial La Imperial uh, Imperial, and ooh, you know, we'd, we'd drive all the way to town because there was a 99 cent special over there by uh, 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 Crystal's I don't know if you remember those times <laughs> 99, oh that was a good breakfast uh, we got 99 cents. Come on, Joseph. We got about $1.98. If we don't give no tip, no tax, we can do it. Uh, uh, ooh, Jesus. But those are periods of abasement. But they're preparing you for periods of abounding. It's biblical. See, maybe God will prompt some of you to get into business for yourself. If so, you're probably going to have to face a period when your money is restricted because you want to further yourself for later on. You're positioning yourself. See, very predictably, in the outset of a business venture like this that you're going to take, you'll not yield a great amount of income your way. It won't come your way. A whole lot of income is not going to come your way during the period of transition. Are you with me? There's not going to be a whole lot of yield. But you're only paying the price, okay, because times and periods of abasement are only, listen to this, they're only temporary. Always write that word down. They're only temporary. Ah, oh, they don't last forever. Or maybe you're going to decide to educate yourself so that in your job you can better yourself. You can further yourself in your current job, in your current vocation. Well, the well may have to be tapped for a while. And monetarily, you'll have to sacrifice, you'll have to suffer for a while. You'll have to brown bag it. That's what the term brown bag means. Uh, in other words, you can't splurge. That's what, I, I never knew what the term brown bag was until I was talking with Ed Bullock. And he says, oh yeah, some of us when we were younger... We saw a real nice car, and we wanted that car with the rims and everything. So we had to brown bag it. That's brown bag it, okay. I know what that, I know the sack lunch. I had those all my life. But I never knew what it meant. You know, some people's brown bags are bigger than others. My brown bag was on the hood, you know. I knew what was in there. A jam sandwich, two pieces of bread jammed together. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I mean, not little brown bags, you know how they were from the hood, you know. Uh, but some kids would have some brown bags. Hijo, mano. Huh? <laughs> uh, I never even had lunch pails. Uh, Peter Pan, I don't want to have no Peter Pan lunch pails and all that stuff. But brown bagging means you're, you're sacrificing for a while because you, you're, you're saving up your money to get that car with the rims. So you can go down the road and high side, beep, beep. Is that... You know, who's, is that Freddie in that car? Wow. I bet that was a lot of brown bags. But you had to sacrifice in order to obtain. So your money may well be restricted for a while in order to pay uh, for your training, for your education. Uh, because you're going to get trained right now. You're going to go to school. When I had to go to school, I mean, my wife, you know, we had to sacrifice when I went to Bible school. Uh, you read Sonny's book. It talks about Pastor Sonny. When, when, when Julie graduated, she had to pay for his schooling. She had to work as a, as a nurse and pay for Sonny's schooling. They were already married. Brown bagging it for a while. 
But once the season of cycle is over, then the higher salary and the better financial opportunities will arise in your life. And a period of abounding will begin because abasement is only temporary. Big word, temporary. I remember when we were going to get our house and took forever, it seemed like. We had to leave one house. We had to leave there in Fremont, pretty nice place. We we're going to go get this place, but we didn't know yet. It was all done by faith. Some of you have been to our house, nice house. But we had to live four months, a little more than four months. And, you know, thank God, David and Tammy let us use their house. Uh, and I think it was, we just paid minimal amount of rent. Uh, and God bless David and Tammy. And next time you see them, say, hey, thank you uh, for taking care of the parents. Because they did. But, man, we had to move through that place. There was a whole bunch of us. All the Pineda clan and Gabriel. Uh, and Gabriel was no angel either. Hallelujah. That was our little nephew. Uh, and we had to sometimes go like, you know, because we, we, we had everything in bags. We never took everything. We, we said, we're only going to be here a few weeks. Uh, so we had no closets. We had everything, you know, where's it at? You know, man, I got to preach right now. And, you know, get out of my way. You know, one restroom, you know, for the whole clan of us. Get out of the restroom. my restroom. You know, ay, ay, ay. Uh, but now, hallelujah. I can't even count the restrooms. Jeff knows, hallelujah, on some of the workers. Uh, but those were periods of abasement that will eventually come to abounding. It's a cycle in life. Psalm 78, 41 says that Israel limited the Holy One of Israel. Uh, and we limit God oftentimes, all right, through these, these periods. Okay. Matter of fact, I, got, I, I, I flipped the page too soon. We'll get back to Psalm 78. 41, just a little bit. Now, it's important to pay attention right here what I'm about to say. And the enemy wanted me to skip this page. Oh, Jesus. And I wrote up here, it's important to pay attention here. See, due to times and periods in our lives of abasement, that's a huge reason why we should try very hard to stay out of debt. Stay out of debt. During this time of abasement, oh man, be, be cool and be careful. See, because... If you or I are living at a point where every dime, oh my God, no wonder God let me have a dime. Uh, if we're living in a time where every dime we have, we owe. If every dime that we get, we need, due to debts, then a smart, wise God will be forced, okay, to let us stay where we currently are. And not bring any periods of transitions and change to our life. We're stuck. God, listen to what I said. When you're in debt, God's benediction can't really come to you. His word can't come to you. He can't give you a period of transition. Go and re-educate yourself so you can better yourself. He can't give you those periods. Because every dime we have, we, 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 we owe it. We're in debt. We can't invest. In other words, we don't have something stored up that we can go ahead and, and go to school and go educate ourselves and go enhance ourselves and go better ourselves for our family. We can't. He's stuck because we're in debt. When I was studying this, I said, no wonder the hood is always like that. Nobody saves. God can't move <laughs> with people that are always in debt. And where do you find people in debt? In the hood, by and large. God's stuck. He, he can't, man, why is it like this? It's not fair. No, God can't, God can't even move. God can't even change the circumstances in the hood. Because everybody in the hood's in debt. 
Ah, he can't, it wouldn't make any sense for him to transition you and change you and take you to a better area. You, he can't afford to do it because you can't afford to do it. Ah, because every dime you have, you owe. Get out of that. Start getting rid of I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, man, about the church because I have to run things in the church. When is this payment going to get done? When is that payment going to get done? When are we going to be? That way we'll have more finances. We'll save $500 a month when we pay this off. We'll, we'll save $500 more a month. Ooh, that's going to be great. Because we got to get out of debt. Uh, I mean, that's why the series like this, God gave us this series. Because we need to get ready. This church has a lot of things to do. This is a church with a vision. I mean, South Africa is gonna, it's not going to be easy. It cost. Thank God for one of the pastors that paid my ticket of almost $1,800 to go to South Africa. And some of you that are here, you're going with me. That's how much they paid. The three guys that are here that are going, they paid $1,800. Uh, so you know how much. It, it's costly. But what are we doing? We're investing. Then later on, isn't it beautiful when the people from Manila come? Can you imagine pretty soon South Africa? They're going to be coming. It's going to happen. Uh, some hardcore gang members. I mean, I have an article that I'm going to be distributing to most of you tonight, giving, uh, giving them out about South Africa. It came out in the Las Vegas Journal, talking about the gangs, the Terrible. They've, in South Africa, Cape Town, they've had 138 killings since January 3rd. Not even Oakland can come close to that. Uh, that's where we're headed. Uh, but sometimes you got to abase before you abound. So get out of debt. If you want God to transition your life and take you on another level, get out of debt. Position yourself. Prepare yourself for the hand of God, the love of God to come and move in your life. By getting out of debt. Uh, see, in transitions, in, during these periods, we got to sacrifice. we got to pay the price a little bit. But if that were to happen to us, we'd go bankrupt. So God, when every dime you owe, God can't do it because you'd go bankrupt. God's not dumb. God's not going to call you a period of transition because you won't be able to make it. So you're stuck. Same old, same old. Uh, can't buy a house, can't buy a car, can't buy a hamburger. Can't because you owe every dime. Uh, you don't have a lot of money to work with. Do you understand that? Yeah. It makes no sense to transition because we're too much in debt. Okay? You need to position yourself where God's hand can move. And what's the best way to do it? Get out of debt. That's where I come to the verse, Psalm 78, verse 41. We limit the Holy One of Israel. Israel limited the Holy One of Israel. How? When you're in debt, you limit God. He can't do nothing. His hands are tied. But once you, you start giving and tithing and doing, and your money starts coming in, then you're positioning yourself for the hand of God to move. You'll get a new house. You'll get a new car. Uh, thank God that, you know, Ed Bullock, he'll probably be here in the second service, so I can talk about him now in the first service. He came to this church. Dun, 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 dun. Some of you are buying places now. He's buying churches for all kinds of the guys because we didn't understand this. But the key is, the only way you're going to get a loan is if you're out of debt. They're going to be checking your book. Oh, yeah, this guy's out of We can do that. Look at Philippians 4. And we're going to close. Okay. Verses 11, 12, and 13. Back to Philippians. See, Paul knew how to handle the tough times of abasement. Philippians 4. 11, 12, and 13. Not that I speak in respect of want or need, Paul says. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am in there with to be content. I know both how to be abased and how to abound. He knew how to handle the cycle. 
Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer deep. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, Paul didn't panic when he didn't have. Paul knew that those were times, listen to this, that I might know him. Paul knew those were times to get to know God when you're abased. Uh, when all you got is a dime left. It's prayer time when all you got is a dime. See, God knew. Paul knew how to handle this stuff. When you ain't got nothing, get on your knees, please. Ah, uh, that's, that's the time to seek God. That's the time to study. Uh, that's the time to really, really get in there and say, God, let me get refocused here. You know, because I know these times are only temporary, but wh- how am I supposed to get ready for the harvest time? Ah, uh, See, Paul said those famous words that I said earlier, I can do all things that Christ who strengthens me during times of abasement. In other words, he says, I, I'm not going to panic when I ain't got nothing because I can go through this thing. I'm not, I don't have to get stuck. There's something you're trying to tell me, God. I need a benediction. I need a word. I need, a, I need to know how to get to the next level, financially included. Ah. See, we should also understand what to do during times of leanness and how to be content. Ah. See, because times of abasement, they're only temporary. Now, let me close with this. Now, how about the abundant times? We've covered the abasement times when we don't. Now, how about when we do have? Look at Proverbs 28.20. Proverbs 28.20. We have some time here, so don't panic. Let's deal with the abundance. How many like to be full? We're dealing with burping time here. Hamburger time. Hammer time? No, hamburger time. Proverbs 28.20. Do you have it? How do you acquire abundance? Verse 20 tells you. A faithful man shall abound with what? Blessings. He abounds with blessings. But he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. But point A, of 20, uh, 28, 20A is a faithful man shall abound with blessings. How do you acquire abundance times to be faithful? Being faithful to God in your tithes and your offerings and your giving and your alms giving and your, and, and your good works, prayer, fasting. Be faithful over the little and he'll put you over. The abounding will come. That's one of the criterias uh, for abundance, faithfulness. Uh, see, when we plant financial seeds, it's going to come back to you. St. Corinthians 9, 6 says, He who plants bountifully, which means abundantly, uh, shall also reap or receive abundantly. If you plant a lot, you're going to get a lot. Uh, that's why when it's time to pick up the offerings, all right, I'm going to plant a lot because I'm going to get me some. It's going to happen. I'm going to get, don't let the money just, and I had parts of the sermon, but I cut it. But handle abundance good. Don't let it handle you. How do people go straight in this time? Because they have all kinds and they hoard it. And they coast and they think, you're not supposed to do that. It's going to get to you. That's why it's always hard when people from the hood all of a sudden become good. Uh, and the blessings start coming because they're faithful. But then all of a sudden, you don't see them in church anymore. They're always thinking about, you know, hmm, I don't know about this tithing thing. Now all of a sudden you got stuff. Um, I don't know. Uh, especially if you went through the home, oh my God. 
I don't have to pay any, even a penny. And all of a sudden you get, and then all of a sudden now you're, oh, oh, Pastor Steve's just, oh my God, why is he doing that? Huh? Now you start questioning, are you going to be in trouble? It won't be long. See, times of, of abundance allow us to do things and accomplish things we couldn't do during times of abasement. Uh, when our money was restricted. It's not restricted anymore. You can go and do things uh, for the kingdom of God and for yourself as well. See, we can afford to, to go more places to do and support more of the things of God and the kingdom of God. And biblically, abundant times last longer than temporary abasement times. Listen to what I said. Abundant times last longer. They do. Uh, a matter of fact, I don't have time. It's like a chart. You know how a chart always goes up like this? Which means, what I'm trying to say here is that even your downtimes are not going to be as bad as in the beginning. In the beginning, I couldn't even have a hamburger or a diaper. I can have a diaper. And in my downtimes, I can still have diapers. Because through those 25 years or 20 years of, of time, uh, it's been a little bit, every time my downtimes are a little bit better than before, a little bit better than before. And it just goes up all the time. Uh, because that's a Christian life. A base, abounding times... Is a fun and satisfying time. It's fun. Uh, isn't it good when you got a lot of bread? <laughs> Did it. Buy it. Yeah, I like it. Can you put nuts on it? <laughs> Preach it, brother. Overflow. Uh, it's fun. It is. The season, a great, great time of satisfaction. Hallelujah. Uh, I've told you the story before of how. When I started having, I had the church, but I would go preach and I would get love offerings. And I would go pick up my daughters at, at school. Uh, and I'd say, you guys want to go home or you want to go to Wendy's? Pray on it. <laughs> so my daughter, who would do this for about, she had an assignment. I don't know if it was from Joe's class or whose class, but somebody's class gave her an assignment to, to write a letter or, or about something. And she wrote in there about... You know, I like my life right now because my day, we're rich because we get to go to Wendy's. <laughs> I wish you would have kept that letter. Because it, it was from her heart. Well, no, maybe it was from her stomach. <laughs> uh, but it came from both, you know. <laughs> Just because we got to go to Wendy's because I had a little extra. I didn't have to tap in nothing from the church. They didn't have to give me no money. I had my own money. Uh, wow. See, it feel good to have my own money. I can do what I wanted with it. We're going to Wendy's. Uh, see, with abundance, it means that we have gone, listen to this, we've already gone through the transition. We've been through that period. And now we're reaping the rewards of paying the price and of sacrifice from before. We had enough money stored up that we could go through the sacrifice and go through the periods of transitions, but now the abundance comes. Now we have more than enough. We've gone from brown bag to silver lining. We brown bagged it for a while, but nah. It's silver lining. The blessings of God. Proverbs 6, 6, and I'm done. Very important. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6. Lenny will remember this. I preached a sermon on this verse many, many years ago. Matter of fact, I've even preached it at a discipleship class in L.A. What was it called? Go to the ant. 
Ant that is shame. That was the title of my sermon. Because the ants will put us to shame sometimes. It says, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be what? Which having no guide, nor overseer or a ruler, provides her meat in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. Learn from the ant. See, during these times of, of harvest, invest for the future. That's what it's trying to say here through the ant. When you have a lot, don't just get rid of it all. Store some of it up. Uh, invest in the best. See, during times of plenty and harvest, the ant doesn't splurge, it prepares. Consider, be wise, prepare. When you have a lot of money, don't just, ah, oh, look, 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 you know, go ahead, get it. No, no, no. no, no, no. Be careful. Yes, you can do this, you can do that, but be careful. Use some of it for the winter time. Uh, see, the ant stores for winter. So when winter does come, it doesn't panic. It's got some money in the kitty. Uh, I, I thank God. I, I've never really dissected the ant that I have, but I have a heavy ant, and it's, she's not my ant, she's my wife. Uh, she's not my tia, she's my comadre. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, she's my, my wife. But I, she, she, she has a way of storing. I never, I never really tripped out on her, but I know. Uh, she stores. She, she prepares. Then when the wintertime comes, you don't got to panic. Uh, see, the ant has put food away. And it's not afraid to, to use its reserves because he knows winter doesn't last forever. He knows that. It's, it's a cycle. That's what I'm trying to bring out today. And harvest will come again. So he eats. So you'll just, oh, put it away. No, no, begin to eat. It's okay. Because you're going to have another time of, of spurging. Wendy's is right around the corner. See, we're to imitate the ant. During abundant harvest times, and if you tithe, they're going to come. If you tithe and you give, they're going to come. During those harvest times, during those times, invest, store up, purchase, plant, purchase, plant, purchase, plant. That's when you can buy some houses. I mean, thank God that we bought our house. I mean, when we bought our house, it was a miracle the way God got it. But today that house, uh, if it, it's worth some buku. We got some stuff there. So when we get ready to do something, hey, we'll be able to invest here. Once, once the, the, the engineers, by the way, we're just still dealing with the pledges. But once the engineers give us all the go-ahead, we're going we're gonna to knock these things down. Uh, but we got, some, we got some, a word that I didn't know before. Equity. We got equity. I mean, I never went around the, home, uh, the hood saying, hey, homie, what's happening? Equity. Hey, you know, give me. But now I, we got equity. This church got Equity. Some of you got equity. Uh, what'd it be? Finally, do understand like Paul. Paul knew that life has its cycles, including our finances. Uh, Paul knew. He says, I know how to be abased. No, no, you have some knowledge here about the cycles that God has you. See, Paul knew how to be abased and how to abound. And a good illustration, I'm going to finish with this. Uh, <laughs> I tell people, and I haven't said it here in a while, but I say when I go, all my sermons have happy, end, have happy endings. Because everybody gets happy when I'm ending. <laughs> so I'm ending right here, I'm ending. But I'm going to use, end with the illustration of, of a sheep. <laughs> See, sheep, when you feed them in the beginning, they get real nice wool. Beautiful wool. Ooh, looks good. 
But then it keeps eating, it keeps getting more wool and more wool. After a while, when the wool is too full, something that looked beautiful now starts looking ugly. Because it begins to acquire all kinds of stuff. You know, acquire, that's a material word. Come on, Madonna. Uh, Because it's got too much wool. So everywhere it touches stuff, it'll it'll accumulate things. It, It gathers things. It gathers too much. Too much abundance. So any good shepherd, and Jesus is the chief shepherd, the good shepherd, will spot this. Because if the sheep doesn't get sheared, the cycle, then if that sheep falls into some water, into a pond, it can't get out. It's too heavy. (laughs) Goodbye, cruel world. (laughs) Ah. Because they didn't get sheared. Shearing is good for you. You got to learn. Process, man, I've, I've learned. Our base is okay. I'm not going to panic if I just got a dime. I've been there plenty of times. Uh, but again, it may be Friday, but Wendy's coming. Uh, Friday, but Wendy's is coming. It's, it's been like that. Uh, it's a cycle. With nature and with finances. You got to get sheared every now and again. Because if you don't, uh, you're in trouble. Uh, all that wool, all that lana. And, all that, and that's a word for, in Spanish for money. Lana. It means wool. Uh, no, no wonder, my God, the Spanish know what they're talking about. Uh, it bogs you down. Uh, so sometimes you got to brown bag it. But later on, you'll have a silver lining. Every head bowed and right close. I'm going to do something just a little bit, but before I do, even in a sermon like this, money to any Christian spiritual organization, the bottom line for finances is for what I'm about to do right now, is to get people right with God. And it only stands the reason the more finances we have, the more opportunity we have to give to people to get right with, with God. I hope you understood what I said. The more opportunity we have to give the people to get right with God. It doesn't mean they're going to get right. But we're doing our job. Our job is to propagate the gospel. Preach the gospel. It doesn't mean everybody's going to get saved. But some will. Today I want to pray for those of you. That Jesus came 2,000 years ago to fulfill the things that the prophets had prophesied 4,000 years before. From Adam to Malachi. From Genesis to Malachi. And he came and he walked on this earth for 33 and a half years. Then he died on a cross for your sins and mine. Then on the third day, according to scripture, he resurrected from the dead. Today he sits at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding, praying for your salvation, for my salvation, for our salvation. Praying that we would make it to heaven, to his presence. That's what the gospel's for. And more finances, the more we can do this, the more places we can go. But right now we're here today in Hayward. Because all the money that's ever been given to this church has allowed for me to 
lean up against this pulpit because these people have cared enough to give for us to buy this church to preach the gospel to you. It's all been behind finances. And I want to pray for those of you first and foremost that you need to get right with God. You need forgiveness of sins. You're tired. You're, you hate it. You abhor it. You don't want nothing to do with it. You need forgiveness of sins. If that's you, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to ask you right now from all those places, stand to your feet right there where you're at. If you need forgiveness of sins, first and foremost, I want to pray for you.